0: morning Morning. i'm sure after that songs and lively worship that we are all awake yeah thank you band let's pray father we thank you because you are our lord and our master and our king We thank you for the opportunity to gather in your presence and to thank you for all you have done and what you continue to do in our lives. Father, as we gather this morning, we pray that even as we share your word, that miracles will break through in Jesus' name and that healing will come forth in Jesus' name. And that joy and peace unspeakable will come forth in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're watching from home, you're welcome in Jesus' name. Wherever you're watching from, if you've just rolled out of bed, you're welcome in Jesus' name. I will start by reading the book of Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, verse 7 to 14. And it goes this way. And the Lord said to Moses, Go get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed it and said, This is our God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people? You have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out of the out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken as I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. I'm also going to read quickly 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2 to 4, and I'll jump further and read verse 9 and 10, 1 Samuel chapter 7. So it was that the ark remained in Krijat, Jerem a long time, it was there 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, if you you return to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the ashtorets from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only. And he would deliver you from the hand of Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the boughs and ashtoreths and served the Lord only. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering the burnt offering, the Philistines drew up near to the battle against Israel but the Lord thundered a, a, with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. The title of my message is The Advocate. The Advocate. Now, the common theme between these two prophets was they were meant to speak on behalf of the people of Israel. They were the go-between. They go to God and talk to God and come back to talk to the people of Israel. See, but one thing that God was always very upset about the people of Israel is that they easily get carried away. They easily get distracted, and they go after other gods. I mean, in the case of Moses, Moses went off to the mountain to go and talk to God. And because he was there a little bit longer than they were expecting, what did they do? They decided to gather all their jewellery, all their golden ornaments and molded into a molding calf, and started worshiping the molding calf, saying, this is our God. And they were dancing and singing. And God said to Moses, what is that sound I'm hearing? He said, oh, they're just dancing and singing. He said, no, that's more than that, that they are actually worshiping vows and false God. They have molded a molding calf. And God said to Moses, Let me destroy them. Then I can make descendants of Israel from you. Moses said no. It's interesting that Moses said no and I said to God, Hold on, let me go and talk to them. But the Bible said, As Moses was going, he was angry, he was furious. And of course, he went down, talked to them, and, you know, they destroyed took the molding curve and shattered it into pieces. And so, the same thing happened in the book of Samuel. Again, the one thing God has asked them, do not serve other gods. But here they are, worshiping other gods. And so the thing is that each time they disobey God and do it their own way, God let them be, but things never go well for them. The land they were meant to take over, they couldn't push out the Philistines and all the people occupying the land because God has promised them these lands. But every time they decide to do it their own way, every time they decide to disobey God, God removes his protection and his promises from them. And they cannot go forth. They cannot defeat. They cannot win the war. Until they start lamenting and crying unto God. And God will say, well, through the intermediary, Samuel or Moses or whoever the prophet of that time is. And they will cry. And and in most cases, sacrifices have to be made. A lamb has to be sacrificed for the atonement of sin. And they will now turn back to God. And so this is how their lives were in those days. And so when we look at the, 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 the role of Samuel and Moses and all the prophets of old, what they did was to act as an in-between, as, a, as an intermediary, as an advocate for the people of Israel. You see, but what they couldn't do is to give themselves. In other words, they speak on behalf. See, an advocate is a person who puts a case on someone else's behalf. That's all they could do. They ask God to forgive them. They ask God, what should they do? But in in all cases, the prophets couldn't do anything beyond asking God for, why are you angry with your people? And then God tells them why. Then they have to turn around. They have to repent. When we talk of repent, repent is making a U-turn. Repent is changing your direction.. And so the Moses or Samuel or all the prophets of old, they were advocates speaking on behalf of the people of God. You see, you know, when, we, when we hear this story, sometimes it sounds a bit far-fetched from us. How do we relate what they were doing to our present day? And I have a, a, a typical example. You see, when somebody has committed a crime, he will charge to court. See the, the level. Or normally, they will appoint an advocate or a legal person to go and defend the person. See, the the the, the job of lawyers are tough. See, there was a time I thought I want to be a lawyer, but after all, I thought to myself, the problem with being a lawyer is how do you know that your person you're defending is telling you the truth? That's number one. Number two, if you know they're telling you the truth and you defend them and they lose, you will be heartbroken. I thought to myself, this profession is not easy. And for many other reasons, I thought, "Mm, I'm not going to be a lawyer. But back to what I was saying, when somebody has committed a crime, what do they do? they appoint a legal person, an advocate. Now, the advocate stands on his behalf in the court, defending his case. Depending on the level of crime they have committed, whether they've killed somebody, whether they have caused caused serious injury, the, the punishment would depend, the level of punishment would depend on the kind of crime they have committed. Also, their, their feeling of remorse. You see, sometimes you're, you're, the person representing the, 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 the person being tried will say, plead that you are, fought, you are fought, so that your sentence may be reduced. You see, but what happens is that the, 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 your advocate cannot take away your sins or what you have done. Your advocate can only represent you. Also, your advocate sometimes may not be speaking on your, in your own best interest. Maybe they just don't, they want the case to just get, be getting over with so that he can go, his, take his money and go. And sometimes, depending on the kind of person on trial, if it's somebody that is well-known already, There is a trial in the court of public opinion. Some people already convicted the person even before the trial. But the bottom line is that the advocate cannot take over or cannot bear the person's sins or what he has done. And when the judge decides to sentence the person, the sentence will depend on how much crime or how how bad the, the crime was. So they might sentence the person to life, or to a few years, or suspended sentence. But it will be in that person's record that they have been convicted of a particular crime or sin. In other words, it cannot be wiped away. Even if it's a suspended sentence, it is still in person's record. And so this is the present-day advocate we have today. But you see, when the prophets of old, when they they tried all to try to get the people, the people of Israel to behave, that never worked. Because one minute they confess their sins sacrifices are made, next minute they forget what the Lord has done for them. And so, God decided we need, you know, it's interesting in the, in the beginning, when God said, let us make man, he's talking about it. God the Father, God the Son, and God, he said, let us. He didn't say, let me. He said, let us make man. So when things were not going the way God wanted it, it's interesting that in the Old Testament, God had destroyed the world so many times. Remember Noah. He destroyed the world, saved Noah and a few people. That that didn't work. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah. God sent His angels and said, "Go and destroy these people because they they are—they just—they have gone beyond redemption." But God thought there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way of helping my people, of serving my people. And what did God say? He said, "Who shall go and save my people?" And God sent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. So there's the God sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. So he is not only our advocate, but also the preparation for our sins. In other words, you see, he is not only speaking on our behalf, but he is the Lamb of God. In other words, he, you see, when, when Christ speaks for us, it's not just that our sins are forgiven. It's not just that he is speaking on behalf of us to God, but also he is the lamb. He is the sacrificial lamb. And also the the, the death, the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross is once and for all. In other words, whatever we have done now, whatever we have done years ago, whatever we are going to do in the future, the Bible says it is finished. Amen? Jesus said, on the cross of Calvary, it is filled. In other words, the atonement for our sins, the gift for our sins is done and dusted. That doesn't mean you should go everywhere, doing whatever you like. It means that when we fall short, we have the advocate. Amen? Amen. When we fall short, we have the advocate who, on, who not only speaks on our behalf, but also have the ability and the power to, sac- to give himself for us. You know, when I was talking about when somebody has been to court and sentenced, the record is there. You know the difference between our Our legal, the lawyers of this earth, and our the advocates. Our sins are not only forgiven, but they are forgotten. In other words, when once you're forgiven, and once Jesus has done with the blood of Jesus, cleansed us, the slate is clean. Why am I saying this? It's because. You know, sometimes we think of what we have done in the past. The enemy likes to tell us, hmm, do you think you've been forgiven and forgotten? Sometimes we want to tell ourselves, well, have I really been forgiven? Sometimes we are our worst enemies. Yeah, so we need to, this is to remind us that the Advocate has forgiven us. He's not only forgiven us, he has wiped our slate clean. He has guaranteed our exoneration. So, three points I need to make. Number one, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is no condemnation for who are in Christ Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. But after Christ came, after the advocate came, we are no more condemned. We have been set free. Our sins has been forgiven. The slate has been wiped clean. So that's the first point we need to take into our take home with today is that even though we are guilty as charged, that our sins has been forgiven, that our slate has been wiped clean, that we have the advocate who is standing for us. And so when that little voice, when the enemy wants to accuse you, you know, the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. I mean, look at Job. Job, the, the, the Satan went to God and said, and God said to Satan, look at my son Job. He said, oh, well, because you're giving everything. If you take whatever he has now, he will curse you. And the Bible also said that the enemy is like a roaring lion looking for who he would devour. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, he says that the accuser is always there, trying to pull us down, trying to tell us that we are not good enough. My message for you and for myself today is that by the power in the name of Jesus, we are good enough. Second point is that God cares that's the second point. God cares for you. I mean, the interesting thing is that we are all unique. We are all different. But you need to always remember that no matter who you are, God knows you. The Bible says even from your mother's womb, even when the cells are being formed in your mother's womb, God is already aware of it. So when the enemy wants to tell you that you are nothing, you have to tell him that's not true, that God knows who I am, and God cares. God looks after your interest all the time. Yeah, he looks after your interest all the time. So number one is that even though we are guilty as charged, we have been set free. Number two is that God cares and looks after your interest all the time. And number three is that God never gives up on us. Amen? God never gives up on us. You see, sometimes people can give up on us. But oh, people can have enough of us, but God never gives up on us, and He guarantees our exoneration. The book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, verse twenty-two says, "But you have come to the Mount Zion, Hebrews twelve twenty-two, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly." And the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men and made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the New covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Amen. So God cares. He has set us free, and he will never give up on us, because he is the advocate. So, in summary, we need to understand the power we have in Jesus Christ. We need to understand the power we have in the Lord, of our, in Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ, that the advocate will represent us all the time. He will pay the price he has paid, and we continue to pay the price for any of our shortcomings. He guarantees us not guilty verdict. There is no record of offense. And also, it costs us nothing And also, one thing we also need to remember is that the court of public opinion will not change the mind and the plan of God for your life. I will say that again. The court of public opinion will not swear or change the plan and the desire and the freedom you have in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so what do we need to do? All we need to do is easy. You see, when when somebody has to go to court, if they have the money, they will have to get a legal person to represent them. Sometimes they have to appoint a public defender to defend them. In the Advocate, in Jesus Christ, all we need to do is to accept his offer of representation. Amen? Accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I I am assuming that all of us, as we are sat here, we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you haven't, it's so easy. Yeah, You can ask somebody to pray with you. It doesn't cost a lot. It doesn't take any. All you need is so for you to agree, all you to, for you to say that Jesus has died for me. To make that turn around, that's all it takes. So accept the offer of Jesus Christ. And also, do not look for other representations. You see, you can't have Jesus and have someone else representing you The Bible says you cannot serve both God and mammon. You have to have one representation. So have Jesus as your one and only advocate. And also ignore the cult of public opinion. And so this is the message God has for us this morning is a reminder for us that we have the Advocate in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That he is always for us. So as I call the band up for our final song, whether you're watching from home or you're watching here, I want us to remember that because we have the Advocate, Our sins are forgiven. Healing is assured. Deliverance is assured. What we think that is impossible, God will make it possible. But we have to hold on. We have to hold on to the advocate. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning we thank you that you have reminded us of who you are, that you are the advocate, that you are the beginning and the end of our lives, that whatever we have done in the past or whatever shortcomings we may have, that Jesus, by that sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary, has set us free. And I declare in the name of Jesus that we are free, and we are free indeed. Amen? Father, even as we go from here today, may that peace that comes with the Advocate, may that joy that comes with the Advocate, may that deliverance that comes with the Advocate be always ours, now and forever. And in Jesus' name we pray. And we say, Amen.